Ooh, I started. Oops. Oh, hello. Welcome back. Hello. Hey. <laughs> hey, y'all. What's, what's good? Hey. What's crack a like you? <clears throat> I can't believe I said that. I'm sorry. I said it and immediately regretted it. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> Gross. <clears throat> um, hey, you guys. So, um, why didn't we record last week? Something happened. Um, so I got back the week before or that week. And I couldn't find my recording stuff because we'd brought a bunch of our recording stuff to California oh, for our delegation right. trip. And then I couldn't find it because it was in Miguel's bags. And I was like, where's right, my right. stuff? Right, right, right. Okay. Um, let's see if I was using a different microphone. So I'm not quite sure how it's going to turn out. Yeah. I was with technical difficulties today. So, yeah. <laughs> LOL. Um, so welcome to the show, you guys, per... Hey. Welcome to Cupcakes at a Funeral. This is a show where we talk about anything that we want. Because it's our show, hell. Um, my name's Kelvin. Yeah. And I'm Latifa. So, yeah, that's that. So, yeah. Um, we start the show off with a segment called Purr and Snap. Do you have one, Tifa? Um, Purr and Snap. Yes, I actually, I do. So, um, this week was my first week back at work. Ew. And because I know because I was gone for I took a week off and I went on a trip with Mirac. Um, we did a border delegation. And so obviously the first week of work, like after some time off is never fun. But while I was gone, like the delegation trip was really fun. And I'll get more into that later in the show. Uh, but I went to Disneyland and like that was really cool. But my actual porn snap is... Um, I've been helping. So Miguel is opening a ghost restaurant, like a ghost kitchen restaurant this week. <gasps> really? Yes, called Lido's Burritos. We're on um, Instagram at Lido's Burritos MN. Um, and I've been helping order like stickers and like trying to figure out merch as well as trying to situate social media accounts and things like that. Um, and that's Ooh, been a this lot of looks fun. good, bitch. I know. Sausage, egg, and cheese purr. So yeah, it's a, it's a chicano kitchen is what it's kind of being branded as and it'll be breakfast burritos so like monday through friday i think like 7 a.m to like 2 p.m so you can kind of get like part of the lunch as well um and yeah they're gonna do like different types of burritos uh breakfast burritos like different chicano foods so like different types of like asada fries like different meats things like that um i actually went to the restaurant yesterday for a different reason and I was like, let me get a breakfast burrito. Let me see how this is before you open on Tuesday. And it was so good. Like, obviously, I'm very biased. But, like, I also don't like trash. Well, I don't like trash food. I have, like, comfort foods that are, like, people are like, oh, okay. But I don't like trash foods. And I wouldn't, like, overhype this if it wasn't. I'd be like, oh, my God, I was a restaurant, whatever. But it is actually really good. And it's a good deal. I think a burrito is, like, six ninety nine, And a hash brown is, like, an extra, like, a dollar forty or something. Um, don't quote me on those prices but i feel like it's around that but they also have like vegan and vegetarian options they have like soy chorizo for all the vegan fans and consumers so um, a lot of opportunity so i'm excited um so yeah that was my parent snap for this last couple weeks it's uh cool to see this concept come to life that's cool yeah. um can you explain a ghost kitchen because i was like what the fuck is a ghost yes. kitchen? Yeah, for those who don't know, a ghost kitchen is 
a restaurant that kind of runs at a professional kitchen, sometimes at like a full restaurant or sometimes in just a commercial restaurant that's like rented out in space. So my favorite example that I always use is um, it's just wings on DoorDash. It's literally just chilies. <laughs> it's literally chilies. And like it, it only like this restaurant, Little's Burritos will only appear on like DoorDash, Grubhub. Um, what are the other ones? DoorDash, Grubhub. Uber Bites. Eats. Uber Eats. I don't know if Bite Squad's still a thing. Um, and through that, you'd be able to order the food for delivery or you could pick it up. But the gag is that it's really just El Tejaban when they're not open. So What do you mean when, when they're not open? So El like Tejaban after is, closing? So it's open um, from, it's open 3 to 10, Tuesday through Friday. And then Saturdays and Sundays, just regular hours. I think like 10 to 10. I think Saturday maybe open till 11. Um, but they're not open for breakfast or lunch. So this is utilizing the space during breakfast and like business lunch hours. So like like I said, 7 a.m. to 2 p.m. Mm-hmm. Um, so you'll be able to order, pick up. Like I'm going to order a bunch of burritos on Tuesday to bring to work. Um, just for staff to be like, hey, this new place is opening. Here's some free breakfast. Order mm. it again, whatever. Mm. Um, so, yeah. Like, so these are items that are like not on the menu. You can't get it at like a regular time if you just Correct. go. Correct. Yeah, you can't get them at El Tejabon either. So it's like completely separate uh, in the sense like menu wise. Like there will be a couple key feature items, I believe. Um, kind of similar to the restaurant, but it's like the menu completely created by Miguel and curated that way. Um, so yeah, it's really exciting. Ghost kitchens are kind of being more prominent and like bigger. I think in an really early episode, Calvin talked about like a was it a ghost kitchen where you had to like pick go pick up food in lockers or something? Um, so it that's a virtual kitchen. That's kitchen. it's kind of like it's the same concept where it's like these small little uh, people that want to make like their own foods and sell them, they just rent out that kitchen and then um, you order it online. You could order only order it like, you know, on Uber Eats or whatever or online. Um, and then you go and you pick it up in a locker. They'll put it in a specific locker for you so that you only know what locker it is. Um, but it's the same concept. They're just renting out the space. And I think they probably pay less because there there's no actual seating there. So you can't sit down and have a meal. You have to like take it to go. Yeah. So kind of same concept. Like um, you could sit there. I think Miguel's not like, he's not going to shy you, like turn you away. Um, But it's also like, you're not paying for servers. You're not paying for like service. You're just paying to like pick up food, Um, which I think is becoming more popular. I think, I mean, I'm someone that ordered door, like orders DoorDash like two to three times a week, to be quite honest. Do you really? Yeah, between like work, lunch, just because where I work is like an industrial area and there's not a lot of places like that are within a drivable distance for my half hour lunch. Um, I'll usually DoorDash if I don't bring anything or I can try to go to like one of the places that are there locally within like a mile, mile and a half, but there's not a lot of options. Um, and then sometimes throughout the week or sometimes on the weekends when I'm like lazy and don't want to leave the house, I'll DoorDash Cheesecake Factory is what I'm known to do. So, Oh my goodness yeah. gracious. Yeah. Cheesecake queen. Okay. Per. <laughs> but yeah, what's your parent snap for this last couple weeks? <clears throat> so, um, my parent snap. Yeah is um this show called boys cation yeah 
like vacation but boys uh, um but they're men um and it's like a <coughs> oh my god i can't speak today um it's like a gay dating show in hong kong and um it is um just on youtube so i've been watching it um and it's kind of interesting i'm not really want i have not watched a dating show you guys since like rock of love or a shot of love until tequila Oof. i was just re-watching some stuff about tequila tequila and a shot of love and how wild it was really yeah because oh. it's just crazy yeah it's crazy now and she's been crazy but anyway yeah, um i don't claim her so per um so i've been watching that and um it's pretty cool it's just kind of interesting um and it's also sad because there's 10 guys and like only four of them are like the most popular so they get all the matches and then the other six don't get any or like no one's interested in them so that's like kind of sad it's also interesting to see like what people like in hong kong and um, it made me think of like they have an episode of like how they're you know they're coming out story and like blah 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 whatever else and you know how they one day want to get married but they're not sure that they can um it made me think of like as a as a minority and i guess for me a, a, a double minority sometimes it feels like you just can't um you just can't live like just be yourself you always have to explain like oh yeah this is how i come out or like yeah this is how my family views me or and these are my hopes and dreams but i don't know if i'm gonna be able to do that because of the uh legislation or whatever um so maybe think of that too but um for the most part it's been pretty entertaining i told all my friends to watch it so we can discuss lol um, you never told us to watch it so yeah i didn't tell you guys to watch it i don't believe you did but okay maybe you did i don't remember. i didn't I did not. Oh. Well, then, what's it called again? Boyscation. But I, I actually stopped watching it because wow, um, I get really, really bad uh, second-hand uh, embarrassment. So I have to stop, like, so frequently. <laughs> Terrible. Um, what's your opinion on dating shows? I know you watch whatever, Love is Blind or whatever. So... And, I, and would you go on one? I don't think, you know. Mm, okay. So Love is Blind is currently casting for Minneapolis season. Obviously, I'm I not going to be on it because well, I'm well, in a maybe. relationship. I'm not going to be on it. Um, <laughs> but if for whatever reason, Miguel and I didn't work out, which I don't see that happening. I feel like we're like we're the like for sure thing, like forever, forever. Um at that point like after a seven-year relationship you'd be like yeah fuck it let me go on a dating show like who like what do i have to lose um but i don't know i don't like for whatever reason in calvin knows this like i feel like i hold myself to a quote-unquote higher standard because i refuse to watch the bachelor and watch one man try to date like 25 girls Mm -hmm. um because as a child or as an adolescent it was hilarious to watch it on like flavor of love and like i love new york shot i love tequila tequila rock of love because it's like it's obviously like terrible you know yeah um so like i don't watch the bachelor even though it's like a very culty and i think i just don't like the fans associated with the bachelor more than anything if i'm being quite honest yeah um but i do love love is blind 
because what? I think the okay what is the premise I've never seen it yeah I was like I think I'd like it because of the concept of the show so the idea is that they go to a city and like this last season the most that most recently aired was in Seattle and you audition to be in the show it's like very extensive questionnaire whatever whatever and the premise is that you are looking to get married and you want to find like your forever person which yeah. to me is already kind of controversial because i know i understand the concept of dating to marry but i think there's a fine line of finding someone you want to marry and finding someone to marry you know what i mean yeah yeah because yeah. some people just want to be married and some people like want to find their person and, like want to be married to that person mm -hmm. and i think because of that you get a mixed group of people on the show which obviously makes good for like makes good reality tv so the concept is that these people are in these pods quote unquote and they're in like a room with a opaque like window so you can't see the person on the other side but you can you know that there's someone over there um mm -hmm. and you're just supposed to talk to them and date them and usually within a week people are like getting engaged because like you don't know what they look like you're not having any physical contact so the idea is that you're just having extensive conversations about life what you want out of life what you're looking for in a partner and all these things and if you end up getting proposed to you get to meet that other person and it's then that you're like are we also physically attracted to each other are we sexually attracted to each other because then you're going after that you're going to a couple's vacation in mexico and you're being able to like explore the intimate idea like details of relationship and like get to know what this person is like and after that you can go back to the real world you go back to your jobs and you have to navigate like finances and living with this partner and like trying to plan a wedding so all of this is in the span of like maybe at most four to six weeks oh um so it's like very very like rapid quick because a lot of the time like the families aren't supportive like you just met this person what do you mean you want to get married to them in two weeks or um people will come out and they're like i'm not physically attracted to you or mm -hmm. just like all these like crazy scenarios like yeah. this last season not to like spoil it but like there's a couple who got engaged broke up and then that guy got engaged to somebody else from that he was talking to or dating in the pods so like it's a lot it's kind of messy but I do enjoy it. I watched the finale yesterday morning with the Drag Race finale because I had a lot of TV to catch up on. Um, <laughs> and then the live reunion comes on tonight. Perfect. So. Um, yeah, so this is the show, you guys, if you heard um, or seen it on TikTok, where um, one of the seasons, the Indian guy was like, I don't like Indian women. And then he... Ended up like, with an Indian woman. Yeah, and then, but then he was like, I'm not actually attracted to you like at all. He was Be like, she reminds me of my aunt yeah he was literally the worst person ever <laughs> um can i just clear uh, so, uh, something up and then i'm gonna talk about what if i would go on a dating show um yeah. last week or excuse me a few weeks ago <laughs> um latifah and i were talking about how um <clears throat> it's it's different we were talking about like quinta brunson dating or marrying a white guy and like that's different than a black man dating a white woman it's different for Latifah and I because we are, quote unquote, on the, like the least dateable or whatever spectrum. So oh, true, we really so, are. Yeah, well, because it's like Asian men and Asian women, and then black men and black women, and so it's different from 
the perspective of each because one is more like, I don't know, quote unquote, attractive or dateable. And so it's different from me and uh, the way Latif and I see it, it's, it's different when you are on the other half of the minority that's like not wanted or whatever. So yeah, when we say like, oh yeah, like, oh my God, I can't believe he went with the white girl or whatever. But then at the same time, we're like, yes, Quinta Bunsen, yes, girl. It's like, it's different. I don't know. I just can't explain it, but that's it's, what I was thinking about. It's always interesting um, because like Calvin said, I think to clarify, I think that black women are usually like not sought after in the dating world and are always looked as like aggressive and like, um, I don't know, like unprofessional. Like there's so many negative connotations with black women. Mm-hmm. We know yeah. this. Um, and it's comes, it's the same for like Asian men, specifically in the dating world where it's like, oh, docile or like very nerdy, quiet, whatever the case, which thank, not thankfully, I think that they've always been there. But I think in recent years, media has picked up and has been more inclusive with men that they find attractive. Like it's not your stereotypical Brad Pitt, um, Ryan Reynolds, whatever the case. It's like you have your Simu Lee, you have like all these um what is his name k-pop boys k-pop boys that there's the south asian actor i'm not sure if he's indian or not kumail yes and he was like featured as like sexiest man alive or, oh like, yeah kumail's re- oh, sexy hey yeah <laughs> so i think that that's becoming more inclusive and obviously like there are plenty of beautiful black women out there as well um but it is interesting because you do see that like women or asian women are super fetishized and like black men are fetishized to like the ends of the earth so it is different when you see like a black man date a white woman you're like maybe he's just dating outside of his race because he feels like white black women are too much to handle Mm. um but a lot of the time in from my experience and from my perspective sometimes black women date obviously i'm a black woman dating outside of her race but i'm also asian but not that i'm dating within that race either um i don't know like you do try to date within that community or communities in my case and like it doesn't work out and obviously like you fall for who you fall for Mm um but sometimes like i don't know i'll say this i've never seen i've never seen a black woman with like yeah, that's not necessarily true. I've never seen a a black woman date down often if she's dating like a white man. Not saying that like white people are, are superior, but like they're dating someone that can match their needs and financial gain or whatever the case. And I don't always feel like that's the case. Yeah, I've uh, yeah controversial <laughs> but bold. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, would I go on a dating show? Um, I don't know because, and not to be dramatic, but I would rather kill myself, I think. Um, <laughs> wow. Um, Ew, just because, I just, what? just opened Facebook. Uh, and the first thing was like memories and it's us dancing at the History Center to Black and Yellow. Ew, delete that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I had a memory the other day and it's of my youtube and it said but the thing is a short clip and um it's like a nine second clip of me and latifah body rolling at the uh, heritage Center with our sparkly tank tops yes i was like why did i delete that my god um anyway so you'd rather kill yourself yeah actually um because watching that show 
only the one, two, three, four guys got all the attention from the rest of the guys. Bitch, if you don't think that you would get attention, you're so full of it. Yeah, <clears throat> but I was like, oh my god, like, I don't know. Like, I don't think I could handle, like, not having a match. But it's also... Oh. Wait. Whoop. Okay, what happened? Oh, nothing. It's just the... It gave me a message. Um, no, I don't think I could handle not having a match as well, because then I'd be like, I'm hideous. Um, but I also <laughs> would be like... I think it would be fun, but again, like, I couldn't handle having a match. And then it's also interesting to see, like, what other people like. And, like, you know, I don't know. Because cause for me, if you're nice to me, I'll like you. Period. <laughs> Um, but I was talking it, talking to my friends about the show and they're like, oh yeah, he's like kind of not cute and like, and like his ears are weird and like whatever else. And like, he has bad TV. If he had braces, he'd be like better looking and like personally, like I personally Y'all reading this man. Oh, it was all, all about like different guys. But I was like, oh, I didn't even think about that. Cause I like, I liked one of the guy's ears. Like they're a little bit more like prominent. And I, I thought that his teeth was cute. I like a little snaggle teeth sometimes, you guys purr. Oh my gosh. And then um, I thought one of the guys was like awkward and nice, but he if he was nice to me, I'd be like, okay, sure. As you can tell, Calvin doesn't really necessarily have standards. He's just like men. Yeah, he's like, you guys look, if there's a guy in a penis, I definitely know about it. But it has <laughs> to be uncut. Yeah. And I will know, and I will check. <laughs> But whatever else you're bringing to the table, weird ears, <laughs> terrible teeth, whatever the case, yeah. here for it. Yeah. So um, I don't think I would go only because it's just too much, you guys. I wouldn't be able to handle not having a match. It, uh, But the way that you're making it sound, you would have a match because you literally don't care as long as they're like a decently nice person. And like, Oh, but okay they. what if they didn't match me, I think is the scaring part. Because like, if I like them and they're like, oh, you're I actually so like someone else. fake. Are you serious? You literally have like, what, 10, like over 10,000 followers on Instagram. And you have like, you're the yeah. face of a dating app. Yeah, and, I tell like, you the other day I was like, on Instagram, I was like, I want a Chinese boyfriend. And then like, I had a bunch of guys being like, I'm Chinese. I was like, oh, okay. Hey. Yeah. So first of all, stupid. You sound dumb. You sound dumb as hell. <laughs> so that's not, that would not be the case. You're so full of it. I just think that would happen, though, but whatever. That's not true at all. You also just, like, refuse to leave the house, so that's why you don't date. Yeah, I'm, like, lazy. Okay. Um, do you have a rant? I do. Okay. So my rant, so like I said, I was gone, not this past week, but the week before, on a trip. I'm so, I, I'll talk about the other part, I guess, if you want to talk about the trip. Um, but you know, like, when you take time off work and you're like, wow, that was so relaxing. I'm, like, refreshed and ready to go back to work. And then you go back to work and after, like, 30 minutes, you're like, well, that lasted. <laughs> actually, fuck this. <laughs> yeah, and you're like, wow, I actually really hate this. And that's exactly how I felt, like, Monday morning by, like, 10 a.m. I was like, okay, um... I have no, I think I texted the group chat. I was like, I don't think I'm supposed to work. Like, I don't think I'm cut out for all this. Mm -hmm. But yeah, not a fan. That's my rant. I just think it's like you do all this work to like unwind. And as soon as you get back at work, like within two hours, you're already like, I need another vacation. And like, that's just how it is. And that's annoying. Mm -hmm. 
I want to be a stay-at-home daughter or a stay-at-home girlfriend. <laughs> okay. LOL. Oh, well. What's your um, rant? My rant? Um, you know, I don't think I really have one. Nothing? Nothing about, like, you coming here or, like, having to deal with anything here or, like, going back no. to, like, your new job? Nothing about the new job? Nothing? No. Because I can talk about Minnesota, like, doing when I talk about it later. But I didn't really have a bad experience in Minnesota. And then my job has, like, been fine, too. Um, I have an interview Tuesday, LOL, Ooh. at a lab. So I might, if they hire me and they pay more, then I'll just work there. Bye. Um, which is fine. I, I'm a little scared because it just is, oh my God. <laughs> it is a startup lab, um, just like the lab that I was working with prior. Um, so it's a, a team, a small team. Right now there's only two people and they're not open yet. Um, so it's not like I would have to be seeing clients and whatever else. But I'm nervous about it because... Obviously, we close in two years, but I'm also fine with it because if I just have to work two years, that's fine. Because in in that timeline, I would like to be back home in Minnesota by then. So, whatever. Um, so I guess that's kind of a rant. I just don't know where the job is going to go. I feel a little sneaky per um, going to an interview when I just started here, but... Um, the way that things lined up, um, you know, I, I got the job and then like that same week I got like a, an offer to, um, be interviewed by this company. And then I was like, <laughs> obviously I, I'll take it cause whatever pays me more. I don't care. Right. You have no loyalty yet. It's not like you've been there for a long time or owe them anything. Yeah. So, um, so that's that on the job thing that's going on. Um, oh, I'll say this, my rant, um, I'm feeling very fat, purr. Um, I think it's because when I was unemployed, I would just sleep all day, lol. Um, and so, and also, you guys, whenever I fucking travel, I feel so bloated, because I came back home from Minnesota, I was in Minnesota feeling so fat, and I wasn't really eating too much, and then I came home and I felt fat. And then like, I, and then like a week later, now I'm fine. Like, I don't know what happened. I was, I was like bloated or whatever, but yeah. Um, so I'm, uh, back to, um, counting my calories and my macros and then eating healthier, um, throughout the day and uh, drinking more protein shakes. Um, so my goal is to le- lose a pound a week. And you guys, Megan the Stanley is skinny, so now I have to be skinny. Ugh. So. Oh, she's in, yeah, she's in her like healthy girl era. Yeah, she posted a picture. I was like, um, you're snatched. Yeah, like very snatched, very skinny. So, okay, per. I relate to that because like I felt because we were walking around California so much. Like, I was walking probably like three or four miles a day, and I got back, and I was just like, I'm not moving like at all. And I was like, that's really sad. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm like, Miguel's starting a trainer in the next couple weeks. I was like, fuck, okay, that means I have to start working out, like, actually. So, I can't let Miguel be the skinny one in the relationship. <laughs> <laughs> it's not gonna happen. Okay, competition per, 
it's um the biggest loser competition per yeah. but relatable but yeah Magda Stallion's looking snatched which is great for her um we love um a transitional hottie but girl give me a break like I wasn't ready for that but I it is the summer is around the corner so I should uh just adapt a healthier lifestyle mm-hmm. so yeah um all right let's take a quick break and then we can get into our topics yeah yeah all right you guys we're back we're here yeah hello hello um oh i just want to say i have not seen tyler perry stick up for drag queens which is weird because he is one you know he um not a fan I've never really been a fan of Tyler Perry movies. I think that they're low key anti black. But I've never seen a, a fucking Medea movie. I've never you seen You don't a watch Perry. any movies. That doesn't mean anything. I know, right? Per- but I feel like Tyler Perry, he's doing good things for the black community to an extent. But I like at what cost though, Tyler Perry? <laughs> those wigs and those movies are atrocious and like that alone I would vote you I would I would give Tyler Perry in like the race trade. The what? In the race trade, like you know, when people want to switch, oh, like race people trade. are like, "Let's trade." Like you can have white people can have Candace Owens, we want Betty White type of thing. Oh, per yeah, that's yeah. True. The race trade um, sounds like the Atlantic slave trade, but okay, sure. I mean, they did it first. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, so we wanted to wrap up. Oh, excuse me. We wanted to go over um, the recent events that happened. Yeah, which is me and Lucifer switching places. Yeah, I was like, you make it sound like something terrible happened. <laughs> you just came to Minnesota and I went to California. It was a serious event, you guys. Um, no. So, um, I came to Minnesota on like a few weeks ago, actually March something. Um, at the end of March. Yeah, and um. I had a good time. It was nice. Um, um, uh, I arrived. My mom picked me up. Um, I got to meet and hang out with my brother's fiance, which is really nice. We had some conversations. She's very sweet. Um, so I was in charge of um, doing the cakes. I made like three cakes. Hey, you guys, they actually turned Ooh. out. Okay, per. And never tell me I lost it, bitch, period. Because I still got it. Um, and Joel liked the cake part. So, um, and then I was also in charge of making spring rolls. So I made 75. I was supposed to make 100, but I ran out of meat. Oops. Um, and then the party was nice. It was really, really big. Like... <laughs> 200 people I think showed up and there was still a lot of food left over so we made a lot of food. Originally it was thought to just be like an intimate dinner of maybe 30 to 40 people tops. Yeah uh, that's what I thought um, and so it was really nice. The decorations were gorgeous obviously Auntie James like slayed mama um, the only thing is that um, the microphone was like all janky and I could not hear anything that people were saying and children no kids mama at my wedding if I get married no kids honestly same yeah because they were running around screaming I could not hear anything 
Um, and it was it was loud to the point where like I cannot hear what Ethan said during his speech. I only heard a little bit of what Alicia said. Um, but yeah. Um, so it was a good time overall. It was nice to see everyone. Um, it was nice to see Latifah in Minnesota and also in California. That was funny. And, um, it was a good, like, chance to, um, see what it would be like if I did move back and if I did get the job. Um, because I had a job interview there. Oops, I forgot to say it. Um, but, um, yeah, I think it was doable. Um, at first I was like, ugh, my family. Ugh, I have to do all this stuff for my family, whatever. Um, but then I was like, it's actually not that bad because, um, it, like, turned out at the end. Or whatever so whatever it's also nice to see all my friends again and yeah i had a good time and there was a blizzard yes on saturday friday oh on friday oh you know bitch yeah i really do um and um uh, me alicia and ethan all went out to get pho from this pho restaurant and they were like, we're not doing dine-in. You have to take it. So we took it. So we like drove through the blizzard and we had to take it away. Um, and then we had to take it to the Elder Center and like eat it there. So whatever. Um, but yeah, I had a good time. And um, Latifah, you go now. Oh, so yeah. Calvin came into town that Wednesday. I picked him up from the airport. And we oh, did I say my mom picked me up? I lied. I Latifah took, picked me up. Wow, bitch. Oops. I picked Calvin up from the <laughs> Okay, go ahead. Um, and we had we went to dinner. We met up with um, I almost said Cal and Gray, with Rath and Gray, and we went to Runyon's and got some wings because Rath was like, "We need to go to Runyon's," and I was like, "Okay, girl, whatever." Calvin didn't even eat wings. I, was I like, had a plain hamburger. Literally a, the plainest hamburger. I like during that dinner. I was like, I know way too much about you guys because I was literally just like shooting off facts, and I was like, why do I know all these things? Like, gross, ew. Um, but Kevin had a plain hamburger. The wings were great at Brunions, obviously. Um, and then we went to Insomnia in this bubble tea place in Dicky Town, and that was really cool. So it was nice to see them. Um, I don't think the four of us has ha- have hung out together, obviously, since the last time Cal was in town. So, like, well, probably a year ago. Um, probably. Ish. Yeah. So, then I... <laughs> and then, so, Friday, um, I'm supposed to fly out to go to L.A. for our border delegation trip with Mirac. So, there's 12 of us from Minnesota going. Um, I'm at work for, like, an IT migration and like I had just gotten to the Dinah office because I was at the Burnsville office that morning and I was like eating my breakfast and I was just like chatting and like actually I was about to go into an interview and I get a text message saying like our flights were canceled because of the storm and I was like well what the fuck are we supposed to do there's 12 of us going on this flight like we're all supposed to go so like I'm like rapid fire like trying to message people and like get information whatever whatever to like figure it out. But I'm also in an interview, so Miguel's calling me. My watch is going off because my phone keeps ringing, and I'm like I can't talk right now. I'm in an interview because I was interviewing for a position, and so I get out and like I get in contact. We I try to rebook tickets for some of us, but for whatever reason, Sun Country refuses to take American Express or Discover, and those are what both of my credit cards are with because I was gonna put like purchase plane tickets. Um, so then I had to wait to get con- like a card from somebody else to purchase the tickets. So 
we're not leaving Friday night now. Now we're going to leave Saturday morning at like 5 a.m. So I'm like exhausted because I'd like already packed and I like I planned. I didn't sleep well the night before. And I was like, it's fine. Like I can sleep when we get to California. I like take a nap before um, we get on the plane. That was my thought. Well, that didn't happen. Um, thankfully, we were we were able to go to a friend of ours. Um, his name and his music, he goes by Nerdy. He had an album release party Friday night at the Amsterdam Bar in St. Paul. So we drove through the blizzard and went to St. Paul to Purr. go to his concert. And it was really fun. I had a really great time. The album's super good. It's called Crush. Check it out on wherever you listen to music. Um and like the opening artists were really dope and really good. So they're all really local. Um, and he makes an effort to always include like queer um, performers, but also like women performers um, and just be inclusive in that way if he's given the opportunity. So that was really cool. Um, so the concert was dope. We didn't sleep really because like we came back and Miguel still hadn't packed for the trip because it was obviously delayed. So he stayed up packing. I slept for like an hour. We get to the airport. We park. And we're like, Miguel's sister, brother-in-law can come pick up the truck because Ubers were going to be super expensive. And we were carpooling with two other people. So there was four of us plus all the luggage. And so we get there. And the kiosks at Sun Country are down. So you can't just like check in your bag and do bag drop. You have to get in line. And like because of the storm and everything, there's only like a couple gate agents. So the line at Terminal 2 is from like where the check-in stuff is to the end of baggage claim. So there's like over probably like 200 people in line. Oh my and we're God. Waiting. Yeah. So thankfully we'd gotten there like two and a half, three hours early. So it was fine. We get through and <laughs> we're waiting. Our flight delays like 30 minutes. And we're like, cool, whatever. A flight to Cabo and a flight to Cancun, like take off. We're like, okay, flights are leaving. Flight's delayed another 30 minutes and then another 30 minutes. And then after that delay, they're like, the flight's canceled. And so we're like, what are we like? What are we supposed to do? Like, we just like there aren't any like there aren't any more flights to LA for the day. Um, so we go back to baggage claim because they have to send us our baggage back, so we have to pick up our bags. And then we're just sitting on the floor in the baggage claim, trying to figure out how to like how we're gonna get there because obviously like we were supposed to be there Saturday morning because there's like a whole day Saturday planned, and we're gonna miss that now for sure. And so. We're like, we're scrounging. We're like trying to situate ideas. We're like, do we drive to Chicago and fly from Chicago? I'm like, we're, how are we driving to Chicago? We don't have a car that's going to fit all of us and our luggage to go to Chicago. And they're like, do we just start driving west? And I was like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, why would we just start driving west? Like, we still need a car to drive west. Like, this isn't making sense. So we finally decide to just, we ended up finding tickets. And we didn't, we're like, with 12 people, you don't know if all 12 tickets are going to go through. You don't know how many seats are available on all these planes. So we find a flight to leave that night from Minneapolis to Kansas City, seven-hour layover in Kansas City to Denver. Denver, a 45-minute layover, meaning you have to get off a deep plane and get on another plane within 45 minutes to go to Oof. from Denver to San Diego now because the the rest of the trip had already left L.A. and was going to San Diego because we're going to the Tijuana border. So it was just like it was a huge mess. And so, like, we're all exhausted. Um thankfully the first flight was fine we get to kansas city and like the airport's closed basically because we got there so late and it's like it was a basically close it's just close and we have a seven hour layover like nobody's really sleeping uh, the flight taking 
off from Denver because it's Denver and like the mountains and the high winds, like taking off the turbulence was literally the worst I've ever felt in my life. I thought we were going to die. Like the plane dropped like a couple hundred, like maybe like 50 to a hundred feet, like a couple times. And I literally was like, you're so funny. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to die. Like, this is like, this is how I go out. Like we were not supposed to go on this trip. Like two flights canceled. Now this crazy turbulence, like this is not supposed to happen. Um, and we ended up getting there Sunday morning and then we got there and our bags weren't there. Like a few of us checked bags. I only checked a bag because I wanted to bring my hair care products. So I was an idiot and decided to check my small carry on bag because I wanted to be able to do my hair while on the trip. <laughs> so then I had no clothes. I hadn't changed like my underwear or my socks in like two days basically. Cause we'd just been traveling. So I was like, I feel gross. Like I hate everything about this. Thankfully I had my toiletries in my backpack. So I had that, but then the rest of the trip was really great. Like we, after we got picked up from the airport, we immediately went to Chicano, not Chicano Park. Is it Chicano Park? Chicano Park in San Francisco. And it was really cool because they have all these murals. And in like San Francisco? Clear. Or not San Francisco, I'm sorry, San Diego. Oh, okay. In San Diego. And they were actually celebrating Palm Sunday, the Sunday before Easter. So there was like um, a procession. I don't know if that's the proper word. I don't go to church. Um, celebrating that, and we watched Pride Sh- event. Out of the park, basically. <laughs> Shout out to the ca- the Cathies, the Catholics. Um, and then we drove down to the Tijuana border, and like when I tell you, they did not even look at us or like check for identification or anything going into Mexico. They were like, "You just can't record us," and like let us keep going. That's all. That's all it was. Like they didn't really ask like for any of our names. They didn't like look at passports, anything. They're like cool. Um, and then we went to this um, deported veterans center where they try to help veterans who have been deported, um, obviously try to like regain access to the U.S. and like re like be able to go back. Um, and we went to the we drove to the border wall and it was like very surreal uh-huh. um, because like on the U.S. side there's like nothing. It's like it's just do you have a any beach. photos of it. I do. I can send them. Um, it's weird because like on one side you have people like wanting to hang out and like like at the beach and like there are houses literally right up to the border mm-hmm. um and like on the other side there's all these restaurants and like they have a bullfighting arena and like all this stuff but then on the u.s side it's like barren yeah yeah um so that was really weird to see and like the the fences currently are built to 12 15 feet tall, 15 or 18 feet tall. They're 18 feet tall. Um, and they're actually looking to double them. Um, because with doing so, so if they're at 30 feet, the reason that they're going to build them to be 30 feet tall is that at 30 feet, a a human cannot like survive a fall, like healthily, like you're going to break a leg. You're going to break your back. You're going to break something. So how malicious my god yeah so like that's the whole reasoning behind that and like even i don't know if it'll show up in photos but like oh did i do have a picture of it through the fence you'll see that like there's just barbed wire on the other side so even if you get over um there's just like a bunch of barbed wire so it's like very i don't know it's kind of ominous because you have like all these families who are like trying to enjoy the beach but the water was contaminated i guess like from some pollution stuff going on um so it's like very touristy but on the other side it's just like empty 
and like mm. the u.s doesn't use it for anything other than like patrolling the border so that was really surreal and we're also like experiencing that after like not sleeping for the last day and a half and traveling and just being like exhausted so i'm like still kind of coming to this border is so funny literally okay maybe at least if we'll post it but it literally like it's the beach and it goes into the water but not obviously like far out so you can like just cross the border so what they're saying is because it doesn't have to go that far out because of the way that the currents are even like low tide people will get hurt or won't make it past that because i said the same thing i was like that's really not even that far um into the water but it apparently it doesn't have to be um but yeah it's weird it's just like very surreal and so what i didn't send a picture of just now is that between that so there's that fence and um there is an opening where people will like not hang out like they're waiting to be able to like figure out how to cross but then there's another fence on the u.s side so let me see if i have a good picture interesting so yeah it's all just like really fucked up obviously and like um that's interesting you might be able to tell like there's a fence at the beginning and then there's like this big opening and like a walkway word or like a road where cars will drive through um we saw people trying to cross while we were there um so that was kind of surreal um and then we were only in Tijuana for like the day and we stayed the night and then like left. But it took us two hours to cross back over because um, they like they checked the car. They Well, they didn't check our car, but they checked like all of our passports and all our identification. Um, the car, there was a second car because mm. we had a passenger, like a 12 passenger van. And then another car had to follow. They like searched their car for stuff. Oh, wow. Um, but yeah, it was weird because they because we were American, they didn't really check anything. Like, they looked at us through the windows, like they didn't really check our car for anything. So it was interesting in that sense. Um, so that was kind of weird. But yeah, that experience was interesting. We visited a shelter, or what they like to call is it a collective called Casa de Luz, uh, which is an LGBTQ um, shelter for migrants. Like looking and needing a place to stay they don't charge anything they try to help them find work um they're having issues with the mexican government because they want to like run a business and like start a catering company because the man who founded it i'm blanking on his name right now and i feel super bad um he was like living at the border for months and just like lived in a camp like lived at the camp to be able to feed like the 1500 people um at camp hope uh and he wanted to do that kind of the same way um, Casa de Luz did serve food at the border while we were there through like a church group. Um, so people that were needing food and they want to do that to be able to like provide jobs for the people who stay there and do that. But like the government's not letting them do that. Um, there's a documentary coming out about them in the next couple months, I believe. If I can find the info, I'll share that. Um, so we did that all in Tijuana and then it was so cute at the shelter. There was this little boy and like, as soon as we came in, he like ran right up to me and like hugged my legs and like was wanting to play with me. It was so cute. Um, so it's, it's, I think going 
to the border and like the whole trip really humanized the migrant experience for me not that i didn't know that they were people they weren't people before but like putting faces to like trials and tribulations that people go through trying to cross um was really powerful mm-hmm. um after we came back we stayed in boyle heights um, which is a like a predominantly latino neighborhood chicano neighborhood didn't more be the exact i guess um obviously la is like very much latino heavy um but boyle heights is like chicano is more like tried to roots itself in like it's chicano roots um so that was cool um did like a walking tour we went to like this bookstore i bought a bunch of books um that's like locally owned by a woman who like grew up and lives in boyle heights and like operates a business out of boyle heights which i think is another thing that people have issues with like people own businesses in these cities that they don't live in and so they don't get the repercussions like they can just go home they don't have to deal with the issues that go on within the city like all the time like other people do um so it was cool to see that we walked around Boyle Heights a lot. There is like a little cute cafe called La Menorca, um, which I told Calvin that he should check out. Oh yeah, let me look at it. They they are multiple locations, um, and they do like Mexican um, coffee drinks. And like I had like a Mexican like hot. It was like a Mexican chocolate like mocha drink, and it was super good. Um, but what they do is they try to give back to the monarch butterflies and um, create sustainable living for them and stuff like that. So I was like, that sounds like Calvin. Yeah, that's a slays. So and then the last day of the trip, we um, went we worked with a group who a teacher who teaches um, predominantly like migrant children. So we met like probably preteens that had been in the u.s for all of them less than like nine months and most of them were from guatemala i think all of them were from guatemala so in obviously in parts of latin america and like around the world there are different dialects so not everybody just speaks spanish Um, and a lot of these kids didn't even really speak spanish growing up and are learning spanish and english a lot of their parents don't necessarily speak spanish they speak their dialects um so just hearing their stories and like what it was like for them to cross or how it was for them to get here was like really grounding. I told Calvin that it was probably like the most reminded of camp that I had felt like when we went to camp, like in high school, mm-hmm. um, of just like humanizing experiences and like learning about what people go through. Um, so that was really cool to see, like not cool, but like very, educating i guess is the, probably the best way to like phrase it of what these students were going through like a lot of them were saying like they have friends or they like after school they're at school from eight to three and then from like three to eleven or one a.m they work because they have to be able to give money to their parents to make rent mm-hmm. and then they're like i don't get home until one o'clock i can't finish my homework and so then i'm falling asleep in school and like these like this is what my day-to-day life is and like how some of them were um their workers rights were abused because like people know what their their bosses know what their status are or like if people try to come visit with one of the teachers to try to visit them and their boss was like if someone tries to visit you again you're fired and like just like crazy stuff where they're being taken advantage of not only as children but like as um immigrants Mm -hmm. so it was really eye-opening. I actually have a meeting about all of that stuff later today to kind of discuss. And, like, we're going to be doing report backs nice. through Mirac over the next month so people can kind of learn about the experiences 
um, and what we saw because that's what we went for. We went to so we can share these stories and make sure that they're heard and kind of put that into our work over the next year, over the next few years. Um, and then I ended up seeing California a couple days later, a couple days after, just because we were already in California. And originally the plan was to visit, excuse me, uh, Miguel's grandpa who celebrated his 95th birthday a couple months ago. Um, but someone on the trip ended up getting COVID and we were exposed. Yeah. A lot of um, trauma, a lot of drama in this trip, yeah, you guys. Yeah, girl. Like, it was this, the trip, the beginning of the trip was very trying. Like, the first 48 hours, I was like, I, I, we, I don't know. Like, I was just like, I'm done. Um, and I think a lot of us felt that way. But because we were exposed to COVID, like, Miguel talked to his family and, like, even though we were testing negative, we're still testing negative. Everyone kind of felt like it was in best practice to just not visit a 95 year old man mm-hmm. after being exposed to covid so is uh, this his mom's side or dad's side yeah so on? miguel's mom's family lives in california okay um so we didn't up doing that but i had previously bought tickets to go to disneyland so Her. we stayed with calvin for a couple days um, so that Wednesday we drove out to Anaheim, we picked up a rental car, drove out to Anaheim and we went to, what was the place called? That market food place? Oh, Rodeo 39. We went to have pho at Pho-holic. Yeah. So we had pho. It was super good. Um, and then we went to Disneyland Which, the next Let's see if it's her pho plain, mama. The broth, the meatballs, the noodles. Yeah. That's right. And it's it. good. Yeah, and it's good, okay. But it's you like, literally you just know, uh, eat. You literally eat a plain hamburger with <gasps> like nothing else. Gather me up, bitch. Drag me, because <laughs> I didn't even think about that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Nice try. Um, so yeah, we went to go have fun. It was really nice. I mean, I just saw Kevin like the week before, but I mean, obviously that was kind of funny. Yeah. So I was like, long time no see. But we stayed with Al- or with Calvin and his roommate and met Colby, Calvin's best friend. Ew, yeah. <laughs> um, and then we went to Disneyland the next day and I walked fucking eight miles and ate so much food. And okay, Miguel Emily. after... <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> and then afterward, Miguel's like, let's go to this barbecue place. This is my, fa- my family's favorite barbecue place. <laughs> and low key, I haven't even said this out loud to him. Like, I thought it was okay. I thought, it, here's the thing, you guys, within like 10 minutes, the food was cold, kind of. Yeah, within 10 minutes, the food was cold. I also was so full because I, like I said, I've been eating all day at Disneyland. Like, I had a hot, I had a corn dog. I had like some of Miguel's slice of pizza. I had lemonade. I had cookies. I had turkey leg. Like, I had like a chicken, like a couple chicken thighs and like mashed potatoes. Like at a restaurant, like I was full, mama. Like I was done. Um, and Miguel's like, let's order barbecue. And I was like, first of all, the biscuits weren't really that great. I thought the butter was good. The butter was like an apple biscuit butter. First of all, I just want to say that, like, we get there, we sit down. Latifah's like, let's just get this uh, family <laughs> meal. And the family meal's like two racks of ribs, like a whole chicken, um, and then another thing, and then also two sides. And Miguel and I were like, okay, yeah, I guess, because, like, if I were to order ribs and it and you ordered the chicken, it would have cost just this much. Yeah. So, um, I actually did eat it all though. I finished it. I finished you all ate the ribs. A lot. Oh, you yeah. did? Mm-hmm. I finished all the ribs and all the, the chicken. I didn't eat the rib tips. Rib tip. 
The rib tips weren't good. Yeah, they were from not my, good. From what I've been told. Well, Miguel thought they were something else. They were like burnt He thought ends. they were burnt ends, which is something completely different. But Yeah, so. I thought it was fine. Like, whatever. I thought it was good. I love ribs I just, anyway, so. The way that it was hyped up, though, I thought it was going to be like the best barbecue ever. But I'm also like, we're in California. Like, people don't come here to eat barbecue. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say the next day, that Friday, we did go to inglewood because we were going back to the airport and we went to this place called the woods or the wood and we had i had a brisket sandwich there and miguel had burnt or not burnt ends he had rib tips there and that food was super good so it actually was really good barbecue it was black owned i don't know if they're from california or not but like that was super good um and then we came home and yeah (laughs) later crazy it was quite it was so fast everything happened so fast um and like i i've been back for a week now and i'm like finally catching up on my sleep like after a period of time there was i was worried that i had covid because i was just so tired and like my back hurt but i think my back hurt from like sleeping on an airport floor and like sleeping on a tiny couch and like not really sleeping at all yeah so what latifa didn't say is that her the place she was staying at was like what not not my place, but like the other place before. You had to sleep oh. like on the floor or something, and so, like the window was open. Yeah, so we stayed um, at like a we stayed. At oh wait, 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 let's take a break and then we'll say okay because we're at like thirty minutes. Right after this break. Bye. All right, you guys, we're back. We're continuing Latifah's story we're back so we had some really awesome hosts that hosted us out in california and la um but because of like the whole covid incident and everything um we were moved to a different area um which was just not good it was just not enough room for all of us unfortunately and like that's just it just what it is what it was um and i ended up i just miguel had to sleep a few people a couple of people had to sleep on the floor in like the living room and um i slept on this like love seat um but the windows weren't closing like we couldn't figure out how to close the windows and like california does get cold at night like i know people i always joke and i always make fun of people from california and la specifically like oh my gosh it's so cold but it's like 65 degrees and you're like bitch shut the fuck up you're (laughs) yeah um but it was cold and like i woke up and my face was just like cold like it just felt you know when like you touch like cold hands like that's what my face felt like um a dead body basically um so it was just very chilly but they were sponsoring us and like giving us a place to stay so a few of us slept on beds like we had rotated like miguel and i had slept on like we had our own room and slept in a bed in tijuana so we're like we all sleep on the floor like the next time mm-hmm so it kind of worked out that way but unfortunately because we thought that like accommodations were figured out like originally people were gonna like pack sleeping bags almost said swimsuits um people were gonna pack sleeping bags so they would have like something to sleep on on the floor but before they were like oh no there's plenty of bedding like no worries don't worry about it so we didn't bring anything um and then yeah yeah so, I didn't really yeah know. so because the day that we had fought together miguel and the were like we're exhausted like it has been so draining and like this trip has like really knocked us out and i was like oh wow okay jeez. yeah and not like 
it was i think it was a lot emotionally and like mentally um but also just physically we were just so tired because like we had not really had a good night's sleep since before we left like both of us were trying to get things situated for work and like figure things out and like that wasn't really coming together and then like the hecticness of having two canceled flights and then having three flights and like a long layover and not sleeping properly that night and then going straight into the trip and then like it was just like we were on defense mode the whole time mm-hmm. which was difficult obviously um and so yeah by the time that we got to calvin's like that friday i want to do all these things and miguel's like tiva can we just like relax before we fly home and i'm like <laughs> we need to do everything yeah and yeah they, i mean disneyland was a lot don't get me wrong but we were supposed to go on like one more ride and miguel's like tifa we're done and i was like but we have fast pass for one more ride like an hour <laughs> we could just hang out and he's like tifa i'm done like we can't <laughs> keep going we've been here for 12 hours and i was like but roller coasters roller coaster so okay yeah it was a lot um, of fun though i'm glad i went on the trip um yeah. i learned a lot so, yeah. uh, a very disney adult latifa brought her mickey ears mini ears oh excuse me misgendered (laughs) yeah thanks um i brought my mini ears that i bought in at disney world back in 2013 Mm -hmm. so i brought them and i wore them around and then they started to hurt my head a little bit so i took them off and i put them in the backpack but bitch i was ready i bought red bulls i bought celsius drinks i was like we're going all day (laughs) i don't care (laughs) but yeah that part disgusting the trip was fun. It was nice to get to know people in Mirac a lot more. Um, and obviously, like, see Calvin and, like, all the fun things. Yeah. Um, can you just say, um, just going back to our list, um, can you just talk about um, my mom? when Because I saw her in Minnesota. Really? Oh, yes, her allyship? Yeah. Um, I thought this was really sweet. Um, and it was a way, because I'm not technically out to my family, but I'm sure they know. And I, I'm, I'm sure my mom knows. LOL. She follows um, you on Instagram. She knows. Yeah, she... <laughs> True. Um, <laughs> when you put it like that. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, um... So, when you're not out, but your family knows, they give you, like, little hints of, um... Oh, you know, like, maybe if you find the right person, you're gonna get married. Or, you know, when you find the right person, you know, um... You might want to have kids. Or, oh, my, my coworker is gay... And we hang out all the time. So that's basically what my mom did. I also think she, she just likes to talk and she's like really friendly. But um, so at work, um, she works at, at work. She works the night shift. <laughs> well, and um, she was talking about all of her um, coworkers and how they are all most of them are gay. And they she talked about how like, oh, yeah, we wear like little pride pins on her iron on our ID badges. And we talk all the time about how. Um, you know, who they're dating and, like, if that's the right person for them. And we talk all the time about, like, um, you know, beauty because some of them, like, paint their nails. And my mom was like, I didn't even know we were allowed to do that. And they were like, sigh, this is night shift. Like, no one fucking cares. And she's like, oh, okay. (laughs) True. Yeah, because she was like, oh, because, like, one girl was like, yeah, these are my new acrylics. And mom was like, oh, I didn't know we were allowed to wear acrylics. And then... You're usually not. Yeah, you're not supposed to. And then she was like, it's nice shit. No one fucking cares. And my mom was like, oh, okay, cool. Slay. Period. Um, I'm getting acrylics. Let's so, all get acrylics. <laughs> yeah, I was like, let's all get acrylics. Um, so I thought that was really sweet of her because it seems like she's very close with them. 
And um, it's nice to see because if you've ever seen, like, I, I have a really good relationship with my mom, um, but not all not all gay men do. And so if you've ever gone to, like, a Pride event, some people have, like, those signs that are, like, free mom hugs or, like, the moms that will hug you um, if you're, like, mom, you're estranged from your mom and you're a gay man. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Um, so it's it's nice to see my mom kind of take that role and kind of heal that relationship that she probably doesn't even know that she's healing. But, you know, they probably look at her as a surrogate mother in a way. Because she is, like, kind of, like, mom age. And she is a mom. And she is an ally. Um, so that's kind of nice because my mom, I feel like, is healing a lot of trauma. And she probably doesn't even realize it. Um, just by being a friend and being a nice person at work to her. Okay, Golden her Girls. Thank you for being a friend. Okay, Purr. Um, so that was nice. Um... And I think that's another reason why I would like to be back home, just because I like, like, I don't know, I miss my mom sometimes, guys. I also, I also um, was thinking about, like, I wonder if Colby, my roommate's dog, misses his mom. Do you know? Oh, yeah, because he's, like, obviously not. I was worried, like, do dogs know? Like, you're never going to see this bitch again. Like, literally. I don't think dogs know, because, like, I think that when... When no one's home, I think Colby just, like, waits for my roommate to get home. Oh, absolutely. Like, I think he just, he literally, like, just waits at the door. Like, he'll sleep downstairs by the front door until, like, my roommate comes home. So that's, like, kind of sad, and that's why I feel like I sometimes have to take care of this little bitch dog. (laughs) Um, but, yeah, whatever. Um... I think dogs do know, like, sometimes, like, there is something about puppies being separated, like, too early from their parents or, like, from their mom after being birthed, after being born. Um, but it's not all the time. Yeah. But usually, if someone's, like, doing the, like, correct due diligence, then, you know. Yeah. Because I was like, I wonder if he, like, misses his mom or, like, if he remembers his family. But I, like, wouldn't know. I don't know. True. It's a dog. Um, can I tell you that, um, I put up a story on my Instagram and it was a picture of Colby and it said, skinny legend. And then the next clip of that is, um, Megan the Stallion running over a kid and I put, um, me running over Colby. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Stop being so mean to that dog. And my roommate saw both. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> he knows he watches your Instagram stories. Yeah. Of me like punching him and like whatever else. Yeah. You're hey. wild. Period. Um, anything else to talk about on the list? Um, let me pull up the list again. It has been, I will say, and acknowledge this because I don't know if people are really talking about it. Um, it's been two years since Dante Wright was killed out in the center. Um, Kim Potter is going to be released in the next few weeks. I saw because her two-year sentence is going to be up but obviously like Brooklyn Center is very traumatizing for a lot of people um just because of the way that the that operation safety net and everything was kind of handled by police excuse me Governor Waltz and all these things um so I know it's like a very traumatic time and like a lot of people were like got PTSD from Brooklyn Center um Mm -hmm. so make sure you're taking care of yourself and doing what you can or need to do 
um, because it is, it, it was a traumatic event. And like, I didn't go to Brooklyn center because I didn't want to be subjected to like police violence. Like first Brooklyn is wild y'all. Right. Like I don't like not to be mean, but y'all are wild. I don't like, I, I have friends like growing up and like in high school, we had friends who lived in Brooklyn center and Brooklyn park already and like i already heard things and i had known things before all this shit had like broken out so i was like i know that they're really gonna fuck with people out there Mm -hmm. and i'm glad that there were people to protect others from that but like it wasn't going to be me because like i didn't need to subject myself to that Mm -hmm. um but obviously there are a lot of people who were supportive and like make sure you're taking care of yourself because that is important um so yeah that what is this about wwe being drag oh um yeah it is drag (laughs) i mean yeah but because it's i was uh at the gym and on the screen on the tv was wwe and like the way they like you know do their whole reveal they like walk down like this long runway and they're like yes 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 and they have like their little outfits and like their robes that like they take off and then, um, you know, they get on their stage or their wrestling ring or whatever, or their wrestling square, I don't know. And they, like, do this whole, like, yeah, I'm going to take you down, blah, blah, blah. But it's all acting. And True. it's drag. It's, like, because I think... It's a performance. They, it's a performance. I, I think people think drag is, like, dressing up as a woman. But, like, when drag queens refer to it and when, like, RuPaul refers to it, it's, like, drag is just putting on like a persona that you are not originally like as a you're living that's why they have so many acting challenges that's why all the challenges are like related to what drag is like it's acting it's singing it's comedy it's like yeah it's a whole thing it's not just like putting up like sparkly dresses and stuff it's like a persona that is not your own that you like made up that is drag so this is drag wwe is drag i just don't think people realize it because you know they're dressing up as men but or, you know, whatever. Um, so, yeah, it was drag, you guys. Drag is everywhere. Okay, per. Period. And I, I keep texting our group chat and be like, the top four come in Minneapolis. I'm going I'm going to get tickets. Whether y'all bitches want to or not, like, Anitra's coming. Sasha Colby is coming. I, the drag finale was this weekend. Sasha Colby won. Um, which I think, I think, I think everybody knew was going to happen. Yeah, like, let's I think everyone honest. knew that. I think that was another Bob kind of thing. Well, I think it's, yeah, it's kind of like another Bob thing, but like Sasha Colby is like, she's right when she's saying like, she's every drag queen's favorite, she's your favorite drag queen's favorite drag queen. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just, it is what it is. Um, so like, very happy about that. I was team Anitra, but like, so whatever. Of course she was. Uh, but I liked, I liked all of the top four. I think they were all very deserving. So this was my first season that I watched like in real time um i'll probably go back and rewatch it now that it's over i know honest. i was like damn bitch what the fuck are you gonna do now rewatch it all stars eight is there's already a rumored cast um so we'll see how that is um but yeah big um i'm going to drag i'm taking my parents to their first like drag brunch at the end of the month fun yeah um yeah other than that um, nothing like super pressing. I went to go see a work in progress documentary yesterday, um, produced and directed by my, a friend of mine, Jua Lee Grande, who did the documentary about my family, um, and about her, um, journey with like shamanism. Um, 
so that was really interesting because from my perspective and like they had talked about it like shamanism was always something that like people didn't talk about even within the one community i was gonna say there's a lot of mysticism around shamanism especially if you are a a christian monk person or family so yeah and they were talking about how like the differences between that or even like how shamanism because the way that uh, depending on who you ask people are like shamanism isn't necessarily religion because it like from my understanding and my interpretation like spirits like you in the monk community you have your mental health your physical health and then your spiritual health and they believe like like, shamanism it's like all intertwined um and so when people are like haunted or like have spirits and like they need to go see a shaman like that might fix whatever like physical illness that they might be feeling or like a mental illness and things Mm. like that which some people would also say is like a religious practice um, but because there's no like physical text for shamans, like there is like the Bible or the Quran or like the Torah, that it's not a full like religion. Um, but just talking about that and like, um, like queer people in shamanism and like having to deal with that. Like one of the um, women in the documentary is talking about how she is like a divorced Hmong woman and is now in a same-sex relationship and she's like who's supposed to bury me and like talking about that and so it was interesting because she because she's divorced she doesn't have a husband Mm. and like if her partner and her don't end up getting married like is her her partner gonna have rights or like be able to bury her if her children can't bury her and things like that so um i'm talking about how like kind of the intersectionality of the patriarchy and like the patriarchal society like set up within one culture but how that like doesn't necessarily relate with shamanism because like women can be shamans also and it's like an equal calling um and how sometimes women who have like are visited or are believed to what is it called kwaning i think is what it's called Mm -hmm. um like me pretending family. like I know. Fuck, <laughs> <laughs> like it's long. I don't know. Um, yeah, no, that's right. Per. And how they, how their families will be like, um, we'll just wait till you're married so like we don't have to deal with it. So you mm-hmm. can figure it out on your own later when you have like a quote unquote support system. Um, but yeah, and like how shamans can't say no. Like if you ask a shaman for help, they can't tell you no. Like they have to help you. Really? Yeah. So it's like you can't have like a regular career. Them. <laughs> yeah. So it was like it's very interesting. Um, if they show it again, I'll let you know. I was like maybe I should have told Juwinka about it. Um, but there's going to be more showings and like more stuff. So it was really interesting because growing up, all the Hmong families that I knew and like was a part of or like in like in connection with, all of them were Christian. So none of them were shaman, but like even. Like with Eileen's wedding, I think there was like a shaman funeral next door. Funeral? And I was like, oh, did I say wedding? Yeah. <laughs> I always can. I always mix up weddings and funerals. So I don't know why. Ew. Joe's going to have her wedding at a funeral home. Of course she was. I was like, can you not do that, please? Thank you. Um, but yes, Eileen's funeral. There's another funeral next yeah. door. And I think it was a shaman funeral. It was. Yeah, so it's always interesting because we had a friend who wasn't going to go to the funeral because she was pregnant and like something about spirits and whatever mm. the case yeah um so yeah it's it's interesting it was cool to see that because 
there was a book. What did I say it was called? The Spirit Catches You When You Fall or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that was written by like a white woman who moved in and like lived with a Hmong family for like six months and then read like wrote this book and now it's required for like doctors and physicians to read before they practice like with their schoolwork and it's just like a very bad interpretation of like shamanism and like Hmong culture yeah i I only read part of it because i got lazy and i didn't finish but it's mainly i believe about um this Hmong family who's uh shaman and then they go their daughter is like sick and so they take her to the hospital and it's a it's a dispute between like okay but we don't want to do all that because that doesn't go uh, that goes against our beliefs as shaman so we can heal this person with like calling the spirits to do whatever else and then doctors are like you can't do that because that's not western medicine that we can't let you do that that's like not a real thing yeah um and so it's interesting i think it I think it teaches doctors to be like, sometimes culture clashes with what you are going to want to do, which I think is important to understand the respect, but it also is like, and this, I was watching a, um, a podcast with these, um, uh, these dermatologists talking about like, you know, sometimes there is something to be said about ancient medicine and the way that it heals. And sometimes, you know, not everything is going to be able to be proven by um, scientific journal articles and like um, research and all that stuff. So, mm-hmm. and it's always good to be respectful of other people's cultures. Um, the sad thing about shamanism, I think, is that my family is Christian and a lot of Christian people don't practice shamanism at all. And so I think that shamanism is such a big part of Hmong culture and tradition that um, I'm just not aware of a a large part of it um and that's kind of sad because i feel like i'm i'm missing part of my culture already but now that um you know my family is christian i don't i'm missing even a larger part i think um there's simple things like tying like a little string around your um a little string around your uh, wrists and your ankles to be like for good luck you give like a good luck message um we don't do that as a christian family and that's like pretty simple it's like literally just a string and i remember um going to my grandma's um on my mom's side and they are christian but they also practice a little bit of shamanism as well which is frowned upon (laughs) lol Mm. um and so they did that for their new year and then i came back to my paternal side grandparents and they were like uh who did that to you and i was like oh it was it was you know my tatai um and they were like oh okay whatever weird um so even small things like that i don't really understand why we don't do them or why it's done and stuff like that because i never grew up with it because um the paternal grandparents i live with are christian so um yeah, shamanism. I don't really know much about it, like I said. Per. Yeah, it seemed really interesting, and, like, I was happy to learn about it because, like I said, like, all the families that I, or the Hmong families that I know growing up didn't practice. Um, so, yeah, it was interesting. I'm excited to see the final product whenever it's done. It's a work in progress, so depending on, like, how Jewish journey continues and grows, um, it'll do that. Um, but it was also 
excuse me i guess if you're not really connected with like the shaman Hmong culture like it was with billy lore nope okay yeah so i was like mm, maybe maybe not um but it was with him is he hot <laughs> he's a prominent shaman in the uh in the shaman world in minnesota oh per- okay interesting all right so, yeah anything else about that um i think last words final final thoughts don't be afraid to be a bad bitch so true yeah. so true um i think that's it you guys yeah well thanks for listening thanks for thanks cluster. for um thanks for listening throughout us not being on it you know yes because um yeah it's been a uh, i don't know things have been busy i don't i don't know how to describe it other than like it's just been busy yeah okay bye guys okay bye bye